All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rowe Show. We are on episode 28 of this little podcast. It is Friday, November 11th. It's 11, 11, 16. And with me on the other line in Skype is my boy, Robert White. Robbie, say hi to the people. How are you guys? Hello, hello. What's happening? <laughs> so, Robbie, I asked you, uh, it's been a long time coming. I've wanted to have you on the podcast for a long time for different reasons because this podcast, in, a, in its perfect form that I envisioned it in my head, is essentially just the conversations that we would have between 2 and 5 in the morning at Goucher for all oh, those yeah. years because we would just talk about uh, pop culture and hip-hop and, and people more than anything else. And this is a perfect time to have you on, not only because of what happened, this week and not only because of new gambino and new tribe but because you just released your own project searching for salvation does it feel good to have that finally done it does it does i mean the work doesn't stop i'm already i've already been in the process of uh, working on new stuff searching has been done for some time now so most people don't know that because they're just like yo like man how could you start writing on new stuff working on new stuff as soon as you're done this and i'm just like you know that's been done for like close to a year i just kind of you know made sure everything was you know ready to be released and make sure that i got the most possible audience or the the most possible people i could to listen to it before releasing it and i mean it's like the numbers are shooting up every day so i mean hey i guess i waited the perfect time yeah it's incredible this podcast i think just soundcloud views has like uh you know 700 plays total and one of your songs i forget which one if it's uh ronnie or one of them has like ten thousand soundcloud plays it's good stuff but i had a couple of questions the first question and this is uh tied into what you were just saying that it was done for over a year how long did the whole process take Ooh, i'm gonna say it started around some if not right before summer of 2015 you were still at Goucher if this is the case isn't it or it's like you had just left I just left I just graduated okay so actually no so now that I use that as like a way of knowing it was like second semester um second semester of uh 2015 at Goucher so that's my junior year yep my senior year that's right and then um it really I started honing in on it um I started honing in on it around summertime, and summertime was like the early, 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 like the beta stages of like the studio sessions for it, and I recorded Way At Ronnie, and then I ended up going down to Atlanta with uh, Shannon to record the rest of it for, I think this was, this was for, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact time, I think it was around homecoming time for Morehouse and Spellman. And that's when I recorded the rest of it. And then the next time I went, which was winter of 2015 and then uh, like 2016, that's when it got mixed and mastered. So it's been a, a, a roughly around like um, a year and some change, I would say. Right. And of all those processes of like getting to the studio to actually record, recording it, mixing and mastering it, which part of the process was like most unexpectedly difficult? Something you thought was going to be fairly straightforward, but turned out to be not so much. Honestly, I think really it was the writing of the songs and I didn't it wasn't really unexpected, but I think it took a lot longer than I expected it to. Where as though I didn't really have any expectations, but I just thought, you know, normally because you know, I rap in a group called Just Us, which is I'm normally one half of it. That being said, I don't most of the time either, you know, I'm providing a hook hook and verse or just a verse so i almost can you know get the it's kind of it's kind of like being lazy so you know i don't have to write a whole you know 32 bars two verses and then a hook and go about it and just have to hone in on a whole track so i guess the one thing that really caught me was just like man it's a true art to be able to write a full song 
you know, and you still have to write some full songs being share, being in a duo and sharing one, but it's still not that much of a, it's not all on you, you know, you can kind of have your partner come in with some parts and you two work together and it's made easier. The one process with just learning, this is my first time really learning how to do a whole song by myself. So that was really the, the process that I didn't expect to be, you know, that easy or that <laughs> That, that difficult, sort of, I guess. Yeah, shout out to uh, your partner for Just Us, Marcus, who I haven't seen in a long time. Maybe we'll get him on this podcast at some point, too. But oh, uh, And okay. so Just Us is the name of the you and Marcus as a duo, and then you by yourself, you're not Robbie or Robert White. You're Robbie Isn't Living, right? Yeah, that is, that is uh, true. And it's called Searching for Salvation with the four as the number four. Yes, sir. And Correct. and it's got four songs on it. And I wanted to ask, and this is a weird thing to you know ask between your children, but like if you think of songs as your kids, sort of which which of these four songs is your favorite? Um, I have to say, a lot of people think it's a lot of people's right now. Honestly, is between uh, Wayette and Molly, but mine personally is Curved, just because Curved is the song that like that is. That is essentially what I want to like to start my story as, which is why it's the intro. Because I'm 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 hoping to release in the long term a thing of trilogy style of projects and really, you know, searching was just the very beginning, just the announcing of who, you know, who I am as an artist. And the other projects were really hone in and to really lock in of, you know, who I am and where I'm at at that time. But I think curved is the first if you let's say let's say if like this whole music career thing is like an open passport curve is like the first official stamp in the passport of me leaving the country i like that and i think it's just honestly it's it's felt it's not really how i feel at the moment right now but it definitely is robbie from the teenage years of i would say like pre-teenage 13 all the way up to like 17 18 not to mention you're talking about something that uh you know let's say let's say some some people hopefully most of your audience know what curved is maybe maybe some people in my neck of the woods wouldn't know what that is but when they hear you rap about it they can certainly get it and it's a very relatable thing because when i when i did it it wasn't just necessarily it was for you know i was writing it honestly that goes back to your last question which like what was one of the more the process that was like more unexpected? That was Curve took the longest to write for sure. Like I remember, it would be plenty of days walking to Stemson, walking to Hubeck, and for people who are listening don't know where that is, that's the uh, houses around Goucher. Um, and it took me forever just to write. I had the 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 you know the melody to the chorus in my head, and I would hum it, but I just could not get those two verses. And it wasn't until my very last day of being in Atlanta for a three week period or three day period. I'm sorry. That was when that song got recorded. So I was, I guess that goes to an example of just like, you should never force art. Like you should always just let it come naturally. And cause I was like trying to write this song for essentially months and then it just randomly came out. But I mean, yeah, I, I wanted people to like really resonate with it. Cause I'm sure as everybody at some point has been like turned down, rejected, curved and just felt like, man, God damn, fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to so that we'll we'll say we'll round out the whole searching for salvation section of the podcast by saying uh, the the pros did the pros outweigh the cons of of the whole process because obviously there's going to be some difficulties of it but did the pros outweigh the cons and would you recommend for people who haven't made a project yet to actually put in the time and effort it takes to make a project? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I know one of the pros is just the love I've been receiving and just the feedback. And like like I said, I, I, I went into it with the intention of, you know, really, I wanted a lot of people to hear it. But just when you see those numbers on SoundCloud and when you see people commenting on Instagram or sending you tweets or just the retweets and just seeing the love that you get. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm the most popular, like I'm borderline still a nobody in the overall scheme of things, just hoping to be somebody. But just the, that individual love, this is like, and just seeing the early support, you know, and people have no inclination to do so, it's so worth it. It's so worth putting those hours in. It's so worth going for the studio time. It's worth paying the studio time, getting it mixed and mastered, sitting. Because at the end of the day, like, if you're putting in that hours, and this is anything in life, but when you're putting in those hours and you're really, really diligent with it, you it comes back to you in some shape or form. So I would urge most artists, if they aren't solo artists, just try a venture. Even if you don't want to really do a solo uh, solo career or you really, you know, do a solo journey, it just, it feels, it's almost like a, a pilgrimage of a sort. It's really, you really learn a lot about yourself in the process, and it also helps for your artistry overall, no matter what you do. You learn so much more about yourself. So yeah, definitely. Words of wisdom. I, I Unfortunately, I've talked about this with my friends on the last couple of podcasts, but I had I got to ask you about it, Robbie. I got to ask you about uh, the election which went down Tuesday night, and uh, the the first thing, first and foremost, did you vote? Uh, I surely did, yeah. And uh, my guess is you voted for Hillary. Yeah, I voted for the yeah, <laughs> yep. And what did, at, at what point on Tuesday night did did you did you know? <laughs> um. Well, I was actually following the whole thing. I was uh watching cnn and i also had it on my computer it was overkill i had the uh like the i guess the electoral ballot like the numbers across my uh, across my macbook so i was following it all the way into like until associated press tweeted that he won and that was like pretty much that and i i guess the the first is what was your gut reaction once they announced that uh trump was going to be president I'm not gonna lie, for like I was high as giraffe nuts <laughs> because like as, as like the numbers like you know it, it's what it took him 270 to win. Yeah, um, I was with actually Marcus. It was me, Marcus, and my actual partner. I didn't want to correct you earlier, but my, my actual partner suggests us. Uh, Marcus is just, just like in the overall scheme. He's with us. He's like he's almost like sort of what consequence was the trial court quest. Oh my he's my mistake, my mistake. So, but no, it's all good. But my partner is actually his name is Promise, uh, real name Derek. He's uh he's my actual partner. But it's all three of us. We were in the middle of a session actually, and uh, so we're like, not, I always smoke before I rap, or just like when I get in a creative mood, I always smoke. So uh, as it gets closer to two seventy, Marcus is just keeps rolling them and rolling them, and he's just like when he when Trump is in the lead in like the two hundreds, Marcus is like, all right, you ready to smoke? Yep. And then we come back, ready to smoke? Yep. So then, like, at this point, I think it was, like, 238, 214 or something, like, with Trump winning. And I'm just like, yo, like, this dude is incredibly close. And then when he got to the last number before he won, really, it was I think it was, like, 244 or something, that's when it was just like, yo, this is about to happen. Like, because if you, like, it's like a little bar you could have seen on CNN, like, with him being, I think he was the red. And, like, he was, like, they were both trying to, like, evenly get to, like, it was like a fun little game almost. But he was, yeah. they were both trying to get to 270. And he was, like, literally kissing the line, and Hillary was furthest from it. And I was just like, yo, this is about to happen. Like, this is literally about to happen. And it's like, it almost was like witnessing history, but it's just like, if this planet, if this Earth, if America doesn't go to shit, like, that would be something I'll tell my kids. Like, yo, I seen it when it happened. And what, it, it's, it's, 
it's weird to just sort of ask you to to gather up your thoughts just a couple days later. But what is your mindset about about this going forward? Like, honestly, it's been an influx of emotions. But honestly, I'm I'm a big religious guy, so I'm I'm really I'm not a big religious guy, but I'm, I'm heavy into God. And honestly, I think at the end of the day, like my, I talked to my grandma the other day about it, and then she would just like she was just honestly telling me, you know. At the end of the day, God is our president, so it doesn't matter who runs this nation or who's running things. Like, if you believe in him, there's no need to stress. So that's number one. That's really kind of killed all my stress. But another thing I just feel is, though, and people, some people, like, looked at me so sideways for saying this. I honestly, like, don't think Trump, I'm not going to say he's going to be the best president, but maybe I think a lot of us are just going off of who his character is and not really... Not, and I, I wouldn't expect people to give him a chance. Like, he's almost like a freaking movie villain. Like, some of the stuff he would say, I was like, yo, this is so fantastical. This feels like a James Bond movie. Like, this dude is, like, literally the supervillain. Right. But, like, looking into it now, I think if Trump honestly, if Trump honestly, I think what I'm what I'm also getting at is he's, he's going to abandon all that stuff he's talking. All the radical things about the wall and just getting rid of immigrants and just... Um, just phobia to like just Islam and just different things and why people are just so just against him, uh, transphobia or uh, homophobia. I think honestly that was him trying to appeal to a certain demographic, that being uh, uh, conservative white republics, Republicans. And I think what's going to happen is now that he's uh, actually going to, once he gets into office, granted the House is Republican, but I truly feel like, first of all, a lot of the stuff he wants to do, I don't think they act, we don't live in a, a dictatorship. So I think people just freak out because when they they think the president like ultimately doesn't have much control in the overall scheme of things. It's those above him. Now, if they accept a lot of what's going on being the House being Republican, then we have stuff to worry about. But I don't think a I think if he tries, it's not going to happen or b I think he was just selling that as a scheme to win votes. I mean, ultimately, let's remember who Donald Trump is like he's one of the, the best businessmen in the world. Even though he's a shithead, he's good in terms of business. So I think he just finessed a lot of people out of votes. But once he gets there, like none of that's going to happen. And then we're just going to be like, oh, shit. Well, I guess we kind of freaked out over nothing. I, I hope you're right, Robbie. I hope you're that's right. That's me being positive. No, yeah, I'm absolutely. Completely wrong, but yeah, that's me no, I, I, I don't think that uh, he's actually going to build a wall. <laughs> yeah, I just, no, absolutely not. And if, if we – I think that's – that is all we can. You you just put me in a better mood. I appreciate it. I wanted to also talk about some of the new music that came out, including you uh, uh, lost your mind when you heard the Childish Gambino single yesterday, oh, "Me and My Mama," oh, which uh, I think uh, he said the album is going to come out December second. December. Well, I've, I've been reading because you know me. I've been on like the, the forums crazy. Uh, a lot of people are saying December second is actually when the physicals come out. And they're believing that it's like uh, it's gonna be like the last weeks of like November, like when Starboy comes out the weekend. I think that's November twenty eighth. I think that's when uh, Childish is gonna do a surprise release on like on the uh, the digital. That'd be great. And be awesome. the album's gonna be called Awaken My Love. Yes, yes, yes. Um, actually, uh, it's like I've I've also in the super theories. There's so many theories about uh about this whole trilogy you de- you de- you deep dive about this shit so much it's uh, people need to know it because first of all the more people that know it the more we can all talk about it on like the understanding because it's mind you but because the internet came out 2000 that's three years ago yep and i'm still trying to figure out everything in it like his world for those who are listening and don't know um 
So Childish is three albums. With uh, Awaken My Love is going to be the third, but it's a trilogy. So you have Can't Because the Internet Awaken My Love. And if you haven't noticed, it goes down in alphabetical order, but the opposite. So it's C, B, A. And like this has been speculated for some time now. And people have, uh, somebody said this, and mind you, like in 2014, I seen it. And they were like, his next album is going to start with an A. And it was supposed to be rumored to be called Almanac. But then it end up being this, so I guess the theory is true. And then if you look at the covers, it's also like a, a Roy G. Biv spectrum with uh, Camp being green, like the cover's green. Um, because the internet is red and Awaken My Love is blue. That's just a random fact that people, if they didn't know, they now they know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I can have you into this shit. So that goes to say I'm so freaking excited. Not only for what he's going to do sonically. But just also, like, I want this freaking storyline to be finished. Like, with the script, with the alien theory and the YouTube videos for the Because the Internet videos. I'm just ready to be fulfilled, honestly. And you, I didn't get a chance to listen to it because I got home last night. But you also gave a listen to the new Tribe Called Quest album, which is called uh, We Got It From Here. Thank you for your service. Yeah, um, it's awesome. It's I'm not going to lie. It's, I didn't know it was going to be that awesome. I know Tribe's always going to come with it. But, like, it's awesome. And then the thing is, I'm glad you brought up the whole political thing going on right now with Trump. Um, It felt as though, like, they already knew what was up. Like, it's a lot of a lot of the subject matter on that album touches up on not specifically Trump, but just overall what's going on in the world. And then it's one song I know specifically, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but they were just specifically talking about, you know, Muslims, gays, uh, you know, people in poverty, um, like they don't care about us. And like it was like almost like an anthem. And I'm like, man, I instantly thought of like, you know, everybody's uh, perceived Trump's um, policies. And I'm like, oh, are they speaking like, did they write this song like in the future? Like, because it's speaking exactly to that. So it, I think it's a lot of politically driven, socially conscious music that is necessary right now. Definitely. I feel like from artists, including myself, like that's what we if if Trump is on, you know, the bad side, like and we're in trouble as people, then that's where the music needs to go, like politically powered and just conscious music and aware music. And I think if that's where we're going, like Tribe definitely just did the first step towards that. Yeah, music is a, such a great thing to turn to in a in a trying time. I it was when I found out that Trump was going to be president, the first two songs I listened to were "The Second Blessings," the last track of Coloring Book, and ah. and "All Right" by by Kendrick. By those Kendrick, are the, those, yeah, those yeah, are the awesome. first two songs. I, "All Right," I think is is what a lot of people turn to, but I just sort of needed to needed to hear that uh, Pharrell that opening Pharrell. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I seen somebody that. say uh, they were like, "We didn't understand to pimp a butterfly at the time because it was just you know like all the issues in America are really just like seriously like they were still early on like they weren't as bad as they were now." And then somebody's like, "Yo, you know, I I, I get it now." Like, and somebody also I think it was you told me like people are gonna understand to pimp a butterfly and appreciate it the same way they did uh like sort of sort of 808s in a way where it's gonna be years later and then they'll finally get it and then like be like okay this is what's going on some shit is just a little bit ahead of its time it's just yeah, always for real. always how it goes um uh this is a tough one because me and you haven't really talked about albums this year do you have a favorite album of 2016 a favorite album of 2016 that's a super tough question which is which is I think not my as favorite album of because I'm actually um I'm skyping off my iPhone right now and I'm like looking at all my albums on here. 
I think my favorite album, I'm going to tell you what my, the best album I think is going to be Awaken My Love. And I have a reason for that. But also, I think uh, my favorite album. You think that you think the best album, you think the best album is going to be an album that isn't even out yet? Yes. And I'll trust me, it's a method to my madness. But I think the best album or my favorite album, I think, is uh, Birds in a Trap Sing Me Night. Travis Scott It's like it just blew me absolutely away. Damn. All right. I, I that's that is not uh, an answer I usually get. I do love a couple of those songs. I do love hearing uh, Kendrick go uh, all squeaky on Goosebumps. That's one of my favorite album awesome. moments on a song this year. Uh, awesome. I love how Pick Up the Phone is on both that album and Jeffrey. I th- find it hilarious. Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes when a song's so good, you just gotta do it again. I, I agree. I think that I think that song should be played like <laughs> at weddings. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it might have to be. Oh, it's such a feel-good song, honestly. And uh, my my favorite album of the year, and what I think the best album of 2016 is, is Blonde. I did a whole podcast about it. Uh, okay, I was but, thinking you were going to say Color and Book, but yes, Blonde is is thrilling. Blonde, Blonde is thrilling. Do I like it more than Channel Orange? I cannot say I do, but do I respect it? First of all, I also will say a lot of people have been like, but look at me sideways because even though it's a visual album, I actually have like the the cut mp3 version on my phone i'm more of a fan of endless than i am blonde i love endless but it's also because i'm a super james blake freak so i was gonna say you you get into the the more uh ethereal like just sort of kilter music yeah and and endless is is sort of even more than blonde blonde is is somewhere floating in the atmosphere but endless is all the way in space like it is so uh spatial and floating and it's really good i don't think it's as good as blonde but that's why we have these discussions that's why it's fun exactly and uh I, I also have to I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a uh, a five a multiple choice question with five different answers and one of them is gonna be incomplete because of Awaken My Love but here we go so who at the end of 2016 we're gonna look back and be like who had the best 2016 there's a it's a difference in that question than who had the best album so there are five five multiple choice questions here who had the best 2016 Donald Glover aka Childish Gambino. Yes. Chancellor Bennett, aka Chance the oh, Rapper. Oh man, this is gonna be tough. Okay. Anderson Pac. Damn, his was well, his was good. Also, uh, Yes Lord, no worries, fucking thrilling. Just yeah. Thrilling. Yes, Yes Lord uh, is one of the sexiest albums I've ever listened to. It's beautiful. It's it's so cohesive. I and uh, yeah, I I I bump uh, a bunch of those songs. I think I bump uh, what's the another one or which what's oh the, uh, best one. No, not best one. Uh, another time, another time, where oh, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Who you think I got the game from?" I I bump that all <laughs> the time. It's so freaking good. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I think if I ever make a song that good, I might just stop making music because it's like not much really further to go from there. Uh, so we got uh, Childish, Chance, Anderson Park, Thugga. Ooh, yeah, Thugga had a pretty good 2016. Had a great 2016, and Kendrick. Damn, Kendrick's was pretty good too. I'm gonna have to say now. Are we? Are you asking me this question from just a straight up music perspective? No, because we have to. We have to. We have to throw in uh, Donald Glover making Atlanta. Atlanta, come on, y'all! Like for him to like to do what? First of all, Atlanta is just to see to hear. First of all, most rappers that I wouldn't have heard not only on a TV screen, not through a radio station aside from like if I played it on like my like you know aux court or whatever, but to hear like most like a lot of SoundCloud rappers to be on a FX you know 
cable television like that that it blew my mind like i'm the first thing i think of is when i heard uh xavier wolf philosopher's stone which is just like that was one guy i seen like coming up through the whole raider clan movement back in the day that man was underground as it could go and like to hear him on like or see him on fx and then hear like kodak black and just all these songs you would expect that was the one thing i would just like yo atlanta's doing something that hasn't been done before it's it's a show it's so refreshing it's in the way that a lot of tv is dark now it's 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 such a breath of fresh air it feels like those are actual people you know and it, it's goddamn hilarious i uh, the guy i don't, i forget the actor's name who plays paperboy but just his facial expressions might be <laughs> might be my favorite thing that i saw on tv this year I think my favorite thing about that and also my favorite thing I saw on TV is when they had the episode where the dude was like the, the NFL player and they were all in the club the, uh, when Paperboy was like the smaller version of VIP. And then like the, the very end of the episode, you know, they are, Paperboy's talking to Aaron, who's childish, uh, or Donald. And like gunshots flare out, everybody's freaking out. If you look in the background, the NFL player has like this invisible car that runs over like four people, and like it's just the funniest shit you'll ever see in the world. Uh, and so, so your answer out of those five people, out of Kendrick, Chance, uh, Childish, Tugga, and Anderson Park, is it's, it's Donald. It's got to be Donald because I just I already know what he's gonna do with. We already seen his precedence before because the internet. Uh, that he's just he's not gonna do a typical album rollout. Like it's gonna be the most, you know, unorthodox but just so complex and thought out album rollout. And I'm really if that doesn't honestly, if that doesn't happen that way, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, my expectations will be shot just because again, like I said, I want that freaking storyline finished. But um I just know like how his we've seen how Atlanta's happened and then just how how this whole rollout's happening. Like I think that it's gonna be the most important one of the more important albums i think it really is so i think when all those things culminate together he's gonna have a thrilling 2016 because he's gonna blow a lot of people out the water that's the one thing like people haven't really i've watched like his uh his Pharaoh's earth footage which is kind of shouldn't have happened because like the whole event was based around you know no cell phones just enjoying the experience but like you know everybody's a dickhead and somebody's gonna sneak a cell phone in but just like hand the snippets of just what's to come and then if you especially if you are a childish fan or, or like a, a listener of his music you literally have no idea what's to come like you literally are clueless i'm i'm clueless because the footage i heard was just like it was live it's not cdq version so like i think if he combines that with what he did with the the script from because the internet and really sell this whole package oh and then uh, tie that in with him having atlanta he's just gonna blow people away i think uh we may be in agreement. I think it's incredible that Kendrick is somehow in that uh, group of five, even though he didn't really release a full album this year. He released a half album in March, Untitled Unmastered. And then I literally made, I was like doing my end of the year top tens and stuff. And then I was like, you know what? Let's just make a list of the best Kendrick guest verses because he has <laughs> guest verses because uh, he had guest verses on Really Doe on Danny Brown's album. He did the That Part remix with Schoolboy Q, which might be the best rap verse of 2016. Uh, the did he, like, he romp like a hundred and something bars in like a matter of like a hundred something words and like something amount like a amount. I seen on Rap Genius and I was like, yo, what the hell? How is he doing this? Yeah, like, the, the, really the, 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 the rhyme scheme for the That Part remix is just not 
Not a thing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's yeah. really ridiculous. The, he did Goosebumps for Travis Scott. He did What's Wrong on Isaiah Rashad's excellent album, Sun's Tirade. He did No More Parties in L.A. He had a verse on Holy Key with DJ Khaled. He had a verse on Lemonade on the song Freedom. And then he had a, way back in February, he had a, a verse on The New Cupid, the BJ the Chicago Kid song on his album. So that's... Wait, was No More Parties in L.A. 2015? No, it's 2016, Robbie. Oh, yeah, that fucking verse is awesome, too. And it's effortless. Yeah, it was it was super easy, super easy. That's my favorite thing about when a rapper has the belt. I always think of uh, the best rapper alive title as like a wrestling belt. And <laughs> uh, when when you've got the belt and you come in and you're like, you're in third gear and you're still better than everybody else, that's what having the belt is all about. Yeah, for real, and you just do things effortlessly, like just you just fuck shit up just without without a need. And uh, you know who's not on that list of five people that it's it's kind of surprising if at the end of 2015 we were like, you know what, Aubrey Graham, aka Drake, is just not going to be in the 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 top tier conversation when we get to the end of 2016. People are going to be like, really? But this is how it ended up. Well, you also, I think because Drake, Drake can have, he can have a great year, but the thing is, it's not fair because he has one every year. You know what I'm saying? Like, where has there ever been? And I thought about this the other day. I think Drake is like, he's, he always talks about his six year stride. He's been in the game six years. I think it's going on seven now. Um, or if it's not already a seven. But the thing is, ever since Drake has come out, even if, if it's a year where he hasn't put out as much music, he's still always somehow talked about somehow just that guy like if you look at the the history like if you look at the stats every single year like he just is like somehow that guy and it's just every year varies on how much of that guy he is but like he's always that drake's always winning he's always so it's like you kind of don't want to give him like he already gets enough as is so i'm saying like let some of these other guys who are just trying to get the spot like get it because drake's always drake's always gonna be drake he's always gonna win <laughs> Robbie, is there any other uh, pop culture recommendation you want to give to the people before we get out of here? A movie, some music, uh, a TV show, a book, and anything that you want to oh, recommend to the man. people? Um, let's see. Um, what's something that people should definitely check out? Um, I recently got into uh, this guy called Ye Ali. Um, it's called Trap House Joe. To see, it's uh. It's a lot of crooning. Um, I'm trying to think of the best artist to compare it to. More a lot of uh, Ty Dolla Sign, somewhat vibes, uh, Party Next Door. Um, it's really good stuff. I actually listen to it a lot, and it's really like so super relaxing. Um, I've also gotten to, if people haven't honestly checked out No Worries, Yes Law, and I, I feel like a lot of people have because I put them onto it, please do yourself that favor. Like It's just like, it please. Feels like so, please. it's so cool for the soul. And uh, where can people f- listen to Searching for Salvation? Searching for Salvation, you can find it on soundcloud.com slash alive, not living. Again, that's soundcloud slash alive, A-L-I-V-E, not L-I-V-I-N-G. Um, it's the first thing on the, uh, the top of the spotlight, and you'll see my... Uh, it's a, a doodle version of me in front of a church smoking weed. So, yeah, it's pretty – it's a damn good time. It's only, like, 16 minutes long, four songs. So, I mean, you know, by the time you run to the store and back, you should have heard the whole thing. Uh, Robbie isn't living, man. Robbie, I really, really appreciate you coming out of this podcast, man. Hey, I, man I, like, thank you for having me. I, 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 I wish it was longer. I'm almost sort of, like, disappointed. I'm like, man, that's it? Damn. 
what I know we're just getting going, but this is the thing. When I have you back, especially if we ever do this in person, we can go for an hour, hour and a half and, oh, yeah. and make it I'm, long I'm for ready. him. I'm and uh, for a little bit of housekeeping, you can listen to all episodes of Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show at soundcloud.com slash fighting fire with fire. You can get in contact with the show in one of three ways. You can tweet at us at the AJ Rose Show. You can email us AJ Rose Show at gmail.com and you can like us and comment on Facebook at facebook.com slash the AJ Rose Show. Robbie, say bye to the people. Hey, bye, people. Y'all have a great day. For AJ Rose and Robbie, <laughs> Roberto Blanco, Robbie is a living. I'm AJ Rose. We'll see y'all next time. Cheers. <laughs>